0: What's up, Camp Fam? Welcome to another episode of the Cretaceous Campcast. I am Cretaceous Dave, and that sounded really weird when I said it, so I'll probably not say Camp Fam anymore. Um, but I've got finally a fun episode. Maybe, I don't know. depends on what you think. Uh, do not have any additional news or announcements or anything like that to start off this episode because I'm recording it shortly after the last one. Because, like I mentioned, I'm going to be away and I don't know when I'm going to have the opportunity to record more. So, I'm going to record one or two just in case, and we'll see what happens. So, after the first few episodes being more kind of, hmm, what do you think about this? Or different types of places my brain was going, I thought we would start back at the beginning and just have a fun little topic and if i keep looking down it's because i actually have some kind of notes today because i don't want to leave anything out um but today i'm going to discuss the dinosaurs of season one not just dinosaurs there's you know prehistoric marine reptile and a pterosaur in there uh for the sake of conversation we're just going to call them all dinosaurs anyway uh all right Let's get started. I'm going to go over each one and kind of just give my thoughts on them a little bit and let's see where this conversation goes. All right. (laughs) Okay. so I'll start with the small one and the easiest one to cover because it's everywhere all over the Jurassic franchise, even Camp Cretaceous season four. It's the nuisance on the boat that I think led a lot of us down, and it died one of the most unnecessary deaths in the entirety of the franchise, and that is the compie. Uh, Compies being compies, uh, I I thought they were, um, you know, fine. In Camp Cretaceous Season 1, it was a, a cool introduction to dinosaurs in the show, Uh, there's rustling in the leaves and the kids don't know what's going on and you know little Compy jumps out and excited as everyone else is kenji's like they caught it in a blanket and put in a cat carrier you know (laughs) how scary is that which is true um you know one at a time yeah maybe not we have seen in the lost world what they can do if you have a lot more than one and you're not prepared and as the series goes on, we see a lot of different uh, behavior and stuff with the compies and even Darius, you know, making notes in his field guide and whatnot. Uh, but I thought it was really cool to have a compy be the very first thing we see in Jurassic World. And if my memory is correct, a compy is the first dinosaur we're introduced to in the Jurassic Park novel. Um... I could be wrong. It's been a long time since I listened to it, uh, but I think I remember the baby scene, which no way that was making it <laughs> into the film the way the film was rated and made. But I, I think the copy was the first thing we were introduced to. Could be wrong. Please feel free to correct me if I am. But like I said, it was a cool little first introduction. And of course. As I mentioned, they were spread all throughout the four seasons and are involved in no super significant plots other than the compass in season three. But in season one, they're just kind of there and it's the introduction of dinosaurs. But it was still really cool. I, I, I liked seeing it and just Darius's excitement for it's a dinosaur. He didn't care what it was. It was just a dinosaur. It was so cool. All right. I talked about the copy enough. It's no <laughs> extensive uh, purpose or plot in season one that I can remember. Uh, we usually stop somewhere around episode four. So I don't know um, if there is. Sorry, I can come back and add more to this later. Um, and I, I don't have them in any kind of order on my list. I was just going through listing all of the dinosaurs I remembered in the season. So some of them are kind of alphabetic some of our in order of appearance they're just all over the place yeah sorry. Uh, next we get the Raptor squad uh, not a very, very big scene and as we know, after season one, blue is the only one left and then we get little bits and pieces of her through season two and then more in season three. and I talked about that in the episode where I talked about B about blue. You know, being perceived as a good and nice dinosaur in the eyes of the kids, based on the writing of the show and whatnot. So, I thought it was really cool to show the Velociraptors in the Raptor Paddock, even if it was just for a couple of seconds, it was a really nice introduction where if kids never watched the Jurassic World movie, they they finally get to see them. I wish we had a little bit more, you know, story um, than mention anything. Name drop Owen because they did you know, name drop Claire in the season. That would have been cool. But it was fun to see the almost mirroring of when the paddock worker fell into the paddock in the movie. And the way the Raptors were all—I don't even know how to do it—and get the sound to come across through it in an audio podcast, uh, but they were crouched down and kind of stalking and, you know, going after, very, very similar to that scene in the film. And the kids were in legitimate danger. If Dave and Roxy didn't show up, throwing meat into the paddock, yeah, those kids would have would have been eaten, and it would have been a much different show. <laughs> uh, but it was brief but it was really cool and it got kids introduced because if kids started watching the show and you know their parents said hey maybe you want to watch the movie that's happening because parents were watching it with the show it probably clicked for them if they didn't know anything about it and just saw oh here's a, a Jurassic World cartoon let the kid watch and then they realized whoa this is happening the same time as the movie uh, that was so cool so maybe then they introduced and then the kids had an idea of who the raptors were and then they learned more about them watching the film and then probably got really sad when they found out they're all dead, other than blue. But it was cool. I, I loved seeing that. Uh, when I saw what, where the show was going, I was really hoping we would get to see them. And it was great that we did. Again, would have liked to see a little more. But, you know, you take what you can get. Especially considering the story they were working with, the time events were happening. It didn't make a whole lot of sense to see a lot of the raptors so yeah we got him for a couple seconds and that was that all right I'm gonna move on down my list and ankylosaurus and specifically bumpy I thought it was incredibly cute I thought it was perfect perfect for um, a kid series to have I don't want to call it a mascot but it's that's basically what she is for the series she's kind of the mascot of the series she shows up on merchandise and everything else if you think of a dinosaur in Camp Cretaceous, you think of Bumpy having her different and imperfect in you know Wu's words, not ours we all love her was a really nice touch I, I thought it was interesting and it's to me anyway and maybe this is just me as a parent trying to find good and teaching moments in everything i see when i watch with my son i think it was a nice little way of saying everything is okay you know everybody is lovable just because someone looks a little bit different doesn't mean they're less of something and the small interaction between wu and ben kind of went there where we was like what imperfect no can't be yeah he was just so offended that something he made could come out imperfect and ben was like no she she is perfect you know she's look at her the imprinting on ben was a nice callback to jurassic park where hammond says he wants to be there when everyone hatches so they imprint on him and for those unaware that think this is a made up Jurassic thing, no. imprinting is very real in a lot of animals. And uh, to go to like the other extent, there are certain types of birds where humans cannot touch them when they are hatchlings; otherwise, the parents are just gonna be like, "Nope, nothing to do with you now." So the the imprinting thing was cool, and this is getting slightly off topic. If you know, it's more of a, a bumpy thing now, but it's it's also a behavioral thing. I'm talking about ankylosaurus. Why not? It was wonderful to see Bumpy grow a little bit through the season, and we can attribute that to the rapid growth hormone or accelerated growth hormone that Wu used. Because we see her a little bit bigger, you know, later on, and what we find out is that's the seed moments. Moments before that, the Indominus was through there and where the Scorpius couldn't figure out how to attack an Ankylosaurus, the Indominus decided, I can just flip this thing over and there's no more armor and that's how it killed the adult Ankylosaurus. And yeah, after watching Camp Cretaceous, we're like, he was right there. She was hiding. Or maybe the adults pushed her away. We don't know. Uh, It was really cool to see. But the human dinosaur bond that Bumpy and Ben make throughout Bumpy's growth and development, especially with the imprinting, shows a lot about real animal human connection and relationship and behavior. And it's not just like an Owen blue thing. It's not just, it has to be an animal specifically bred To be super intelligent and trainable, it's an animal being an animal. And anyone that has pets, anyone's been around people with pets where their owners have strong connections with them or treat them like family and not just something that's sitting in the corner, you'll see that. A lot of animals have that you'll see videos online all the time where if a soldier is gone away to war when it comes home when he comes home or she comes home after a few years the dog is like wagging his tail like crazy and jumping all over the person when they get back they remember you know they miss we, we get a lot with our dogs we can see things like that and it's not just dogs it's other animals and a lot of birds are super intelligent and you know birds are dinosaurs so it was great to see that relationship portrayed that way particularly in an animal where a lot would think it's not necessarily intelligent based on skull size and probable brain size and whatnot. So I thought it was great. People may not like it. People may think the writing was specifically to make Bumpy be this tag team partner for Ben. Um, The kid's pet throughout the series... Which, sure, it's probably the case for selling some merch and some toys and whatnot. But it was a really nice behavioral portrayal of something not a raptor. And I thought that was really, really cool. And, you know, we see other ankylosaurs later. Just talking about season one, and for the purpose of this, I'm focusing on Bumpy when it comes to the ankylosaurus. And, you know, she was babably... Babably... (laughs) <laughs> basically this series is Grogu. If you don't know who Grogu is, if you're not a Star Wars for it, everybody else refers to as Baby Yoda. And it's true. You know, that that's basically what Bumpy is. And I'm okay with it. And I grew to love Bumpy even more as the seasons went on. But we're just talking about the animals of season one here. Next on my list, the Brachiosaurus. And once again, we get um a Jurassic Park callback when Darius does the Brachiosaurus call when they're up on the elevation tower when they hear the big noise and like what is that and they go out to look so that's that's you know pretty much a callback to Grant and the kids in the tree and a very unfortunate (laughs) callback uh similar to the dark and fallen kingdom we see in indominus rex just slay that same brachiosaurus and that's that tough you know watching a dinosaur die like that we don't see the gruesomeness and brutality of it as an adult we know exactly what happened in that scene the kids know what happened in that scene now, for the kids watching, depending on their age and how they understand things, maybe they didn't quite get it. Like, did it fall down? What what happened? And depending on how, as you, you know, as an adult, a caregiver, an older sibling, whatever, depends on if you wanted to explain what happened or not to that Brachiosaurus. I know there are a number of people out there that really aren't cool with the way Brachiosaurus get treated in this franchise, But it's yeah, it was it was one of the first, you know, kind of shocking scenes with a lot more over the next several seasons. And we get more Brachiosaurus stories like, you know, we get the baby in season three and then we get Firecracker season four, which is cool. But the the big Brachiosaurus moment in season one is, you know, Darius doing the call and then watching it get killed by the indominus rex and timeline wise where when this is happening you know we already know since we saw the movie five years prior um but if we get back and stick our brains in a time machine we didn't know that it was just killing for the sake of killing um and then yeah we we find out (laughs) later on but that was was cool in, in in a couple of ways that, that I liked the way they handled that. And yeah, I, I think we see a brachiosaurus when they're on the zip line, if I remember, but uh, I'm really glad they introduced the brachiosaurus. I, I wish they also did the apatosaurus, but I get it for animation costs. You're not going to do two of a similar thing. Kids aren't, really going to care when they're watching the show but the apatosaurus in my opinion you know was more important to that timeline of when the uh when the show is happening but I, I again i get it for animation and budget and other reasons they went with the brachiosaurus which is fine and we can talk more about the brachiosauruses when we get to a different season dinosaur breakdown all right moving on next we get to toro and Depending on who you are, Toro might be the best dinosaur in Season 1. Other people might think the Indominus. But with the Indominus already being known, already knowing the full story, I think Toro was a really awesome addition to the series. We did not see a Carnotaurus in Jurassic World. We did in Fallen Kingdom, so we knew they were there. So I thought adding in Toro was really cool now toro was released as a toy <laughs> before the show aired um, i specifically remember that because my wife came home from target with a carnotaurus toro toy and it had the name toro on the box with a picture of darius in the corner of the packaging and maybe marketing material you know showed it um, i'm not sure if i mentioned this in, in any of my previous videos we didn't watch the trailer for it or, you know, see any of the artwork or concept art or anything like that. Just looked up that, hey, this series is starting on Netflix on this day. And then we watched it. So it was really cool. And my son loved it. He loved Toro from the start. He's a huge fan of carnivores. But he didn't really, like, he liked the toy when he had it because it looked cool and it looked different. But then as, as soon as he was able to just put it into perspective and put something visual to it He just boom like he then he just wanted to play with it and he needed it and he loved it and I loved how aggressive it was or you know um, how did Kenji describe it? Aggro. Uh, it was it was really cool and the whole little plot point of the Indominus walking up to the cage and then just busting him out I would love to see what happened there. Did they have any kind of little skirmish or fight at all? And then they both just realized this isn't worth it. Or was the Indominus that big of a jerk? That's like, you know what? You look like you can wreak some havoc with me. Let's do this sister. And just knocked over the fence and walked away. Or Maybe it was a case it was in the process of damaging the fence and they were going to fight and then you know the helicopter came somebody else came it heard something else it ran somewhere we don't know i I would love to see that it's probably literally a a five to 15 minute little thing they could make to show us what happened and and it would be cool um finding out how toro gets the scratch that was really cool because the the toy had a scratch and she's like oh okay is this a red stripe is it Blood, we don't don't know. Um, Showing that was really cool, kind of like you know, Anakin getting a scar in between Star Wars episodes two and three, which was shown in the original Clone Wars. It was just one of those cool little things. I know Toro getting isn't you know anything as significant like that, and that wasn't even really a significant plot point. But it was, it was just cool to see. I liked Toro being a pain in the butt basically the entire rest of the season Uh, anytime the kids needed to do something or get somewhere there she was in the way she falls a lot (laughs) it's it's almost comical at times with how much she falls over uh but it's cool and of course it's written in to save the kids for the most part but it's she was a really really fun addition she was a great I don't want to use the word villain but you know for for a lack of a better way of putting it in you know the the bad guy dinosaur chasing the kids throughout the season that the kids were in danger but never really to the point we thought they were really gonna get eaten by her at at least that's that was my takeaway um it it was really well handled and i'm glad they brought her back in season two even if it was for like you know an episode (laughs) Uh. But it was great, and even seeing her get charred at the end of the season, which, I mean, that sounds mean, (laughs) saying it that way, but seeing the whole conflict and kind of rivalry, you know, develop, and then her story in season two is really, really cool, which, when we get to anything season two related, we'll definitely go over that, but... Yeah, Tora was a great addition. I, I I loved seeing her. She was a lot of fun. And it introduced kids to the Carnotaurus, you know. Um, and in a way where, let's be honest, in Fallen Kingdom, it's there. It looks like it's a threat to Owen. And Rexy comes and just grabs it by the throat and slams it to the ground. <laughs> it, it didn't really do much. Uh, we, we do get one, you know, at the end of the movie and playing tug of war. which is which is fun but she didn't really get a lot of time to shine so having her as the primary you know baddie uh, i i do think she saw more screen time than the indominus in season one i I could be wrong but it was really nice to see great that they focused on a different dinosaur which something i really really enjoyed um all right, let's... Well, it's a good segue into my list. I'll just go down. The Indominus Rex. So glad they added the Indominus Rex to the series. Uh, obviously, based on when it was taking place, it was a given, and it was even in the official poster, I think. But what I'm really happy with is they didn't really tone down how the animal behaved. It was a creature on a mission. It was just killing for the sake of killing. It ate humans. It killed dinosaurs. It did exactly what it did in the movie. Uh, A lot of it was off camera, which is fine. This is a show targeted for kids. But when we're first introduced to it, it takes down a brachiosaurus and then it goes and eats those guys. And the kids are just shocked. Uh, We get... You know, a lot more references to a lot of other people being eaten. The kids were definitely in danger of being eaten a few times and it was awesome. I-, I loved that they did it. I loved the level they put the scariness into it while not making it scary enough to probably really frighten most kids. My son was came out what 2020 so he was three yeah he was three when it came out uh he just turned three because he turned three and at the end of august the show came out in september so he just turned three he wasn't scared at all his honest to goodness first words were i want a toy of that i'm probably paraphrasing at this point but that's honestly the very first thing he said he thought it was awesome and (laughs) i was honestly worried that he might think this thing was scary it's, um, the three hybrids are his favorite dinosaurs. He knows they're not real, so if someone asks him you know, his favorite dinosaur, he will tell them, depending on the day, it's either a Spinosaurus or a T-Rex. He, he flip flops back and forth. But his favorite Jurassic dinosaur, I think first is Scorpius, then Dominus, then Indoraptor. But sometimes Indominus is first, and that'll usually leapfrog the Scorpius if he's watching season one of Camp Cretaceous. Then if he goes back and watches season three, it's the Scorpius whichever season is fresh in his head is number one and Indoraptor is always number three he didn't even like the Indoraptor for a very long time but but now he does but the Indominus was like I said it, it, it was portrayed in a great way for a kids show and to me all of the scenes with it were fantastic tying into Jurassic World and to kind of give us a perspective of physically where we are in the island and timeline wise where we are in the story. And it was so cool. I, we got, you know, to explore uh, other parts to figure out what was happening during scenes where we don't see the Indominus in the film. And I thought animation wise, the Indominus was great. It was before the scorpius (laughs) probably my favorite um, overall movement and behavior of any of the dinosaurs that we saw in the series it it was really well done I, i thought they captured everything great about the indominus from the look of it the the movement of it the way it acted the sounds it was it was fantastic Um, that's I mean that's all I have to say about that because it was I mean we know everything there is about the Indominus I I just wanted to touch on that I I thought they did a really great job with it in the show with the balance of terrifying and not too scary at the same time all right moving on first non-dinosaur the Mosasaurus um yeah it's it, it was all right. I mean, it was it was a good introduction. We we obviously knew it was there, and I don't think the seed was all that necessary with them. You know, leaving the tunnel, ending up in the Mosasaurus Lagoon, and then trying to get through. Uh, I, I get it. It may have been to, you know, let kids know again if they haven't watched the movie, like, hey, this thing is there. then go watch our movie and see, jump up and eat a shark. Um, (laughs) But, you know, I, I never really felt the kids were in real danger. And I don't think my son did either. Because there were parts watching it where he'd be like nervous. or he'd be grabbing me when they're running from dinosaurs, particularly Toro. And even when there was the chance Yaz might get eaten, I don't think he ever really felt like, okay, she's going to be in trouble. It it, it looked really good. Uh, It's great that they did include it. Especially because it's, you know, the later (laughs) parts of Jurassic World. Where, you know, it eats Zara and, you know, Tyranodon And then later taking down the Indominus. It it kind of builds up to that. And it, it was okay. I was glad to see it. We get... A lot of Mosasaurus jokes in season two. Uh, Ben is big on feeding people to the Mosasaurus. And we also learned that that, that's what happened to the Indominus. You know, the kids see the Indominus down there, which is really cool that they see the actual Indominus body because the next time we're introduced to it six months later and it's just bones. So that was really cool. Um, Not going to talk a lot about it. For me, it didn't do all that much. It was there. It was cool to show it it's a way to get kids interested a way to ki- get kids to buy the toy but yeah it was just kind of meh for me sorry sorry if you really liked it i just didn't do much for me all right next on my list the parasyrolophus uh always always a good addition to any season of the show or film it's such a beautiful animal i i, I really love the way they look the way they sound in the series. Um, their movements, their behaviors. But what was super cool in Camp Cretaceous Season 1 was seeing the bioluminescent ones in the cave. And, you know, I, I know that's something that's kind of been in the background and hinted at in other types of things. I, I think was there something you know, the background in a lab or some early marketing material or something that had like the hint of bioluminescence in it. The, uh, Lego Jurassic world series, uh, especially the one with the hybrids, the, uh, Indominus escape. Um, one of the like crazy experiments Wu was doing was bioluminescence when Owen finds all of the different kind of raptors and experimental dinosaurs. You see, um, a bioluminescent raptor run through, uh, but I thought they were beautiful you know it was it was great to see and then watching them be these calm tranquil herbivores just hanging out in the water and that was really cool to see too because a lot of books and other things portray them as just you know sorry if I just looked that way a squir- squirrel just ran past my window um you see them hanging out in water, eating water weeds and stuff like that. Uh, you know, being duck billed dinosaurs, and they, uh, they they looked they looked beautiful. You know, they looked great. Not a huge fan of how the toy ended up looking. Didn't like the paint job to kind of give off that vibe. I mean, I get it. There wasn't much you could do unless you stuck some neon glow in the dark stuff on it uh the mini looked a little bit better because it kind of had that see-throughy greenish clearish color (laughs) with the blue stripe i think it was i don't remember that looked better the snap squad changed color underwater that was kind of neat uh so not a huge fan of the mattel toy for it but loved them loved the way they looked in the show and then of course they were brought back in season three and you know, I, I know I'm on focusing on season one, but while while I'm on that just like Woo's reaction to seeing them, you know was just awesome that he he probably made them had somebody stick them in a cave and forgot all about them and then he just you know watched them it's like, whoa, you know it was that, that that was great. so loved loved the Um, and like I said that the change in behavior inside the the cave that was that was really cool to see once they started realizing like dude the mosasaurus is that way no no we got to get out of here that was really really cool all right next one sinoceratops and um with this it's kind of going to piggyback off some of the stuff i said with the uh, the (coughs) brachiosaurus in the fact that I understand why Triceratops wasn't in the show. If you're going to use Sinoceratops, you're not also going to use Triceratops. It's it's an animation thing. It's a cost and budget thing. I get it. And I think having the Sinoceratops instead of the Triceratops was honestly a better choice uh, because it introduces kids to a different dinosaur, Every kid, even if they're not into dinosaurs, probably knows what a triceratops is. It's one of, like, three dinosaurs that are on every piece of clothes or lunchbox or toy or whatever. Uh, So introducing a cynoceratops, I thought, was uh, really, really nice. Um, Having Sammy kind of, you know, explain that, you know, they're just big cows you know or i think it may have been darius um and sammy being able to be the one to help you know get them moving and stuff like that it it was great to see them put it in a perspective of something kids could understand how you know these are just big gentle creatures they don't have to be gentle we see that they end up not being gentle and from what we've seen at um battle of big rock and the dominion trailer the pseudoceratops definitely is not always gentle Oh uh, that they just you know running and smashing into a car which you know with the triceratops and the stegosaurus and the, uh, the sinoceratops you know we've seen that through you know the films and the show for you know different reasons and justifiable you know even cows are going to get angry if they have a reason or, or a reason to panic I really loved the way they handled it. The uh, taking Sammy, taking the sample and then giving it to the drone was interesting. And, you know, we didn't really know where they were going with it at the time, just that, okay, she's secretly working for this company we've never heard of before. And she sent them a sample. So, okay, what? Uh, and then, yeah, you know, in season four, we finally find out what, and it's one of the stinking cutest things ever to show up on screen sorry bumpy but it was kind of a plot point that almost seemed forgotten until season four and i think not exploring that at all really kind of made that moment hit a little harder especially seeing sammy's reaction about oh my gosh i did this this is because of me um, but uh, again, I'm getting off topic. I, we're not talking season four. We're talking the dinosaurs of season one. But Sinoceratops is really cool. I, I loved the colors. I love the way it looked. I, I love the behavior. And it it was really good to, like I said, have that instead of the Triceratops. And, and I think it ties in better with both Jurassic World and Fallen Kingdom. If they were going to pick, you know, one big Ceratopsian, uh, be the Sinoceratops. It, it, it kind of, you know, fit the purpose of what they needed and also gave kids the introduction to a dinosaur they're unfamiliar with. And again, especially if they haven't seen the films, if this was their first introduction to Jurassic, I think it was an excellent, excellent choice. Um, and then that takes us to tyrannodon. Uh, we see. I'm trying to remember. I don't know if we visibly see Dimorphodon flying out of the aviary. I don't think we do. I, I think season two. Um, no, it's season three that we first see the Dimorphodon for real. I'm not sure if we, you know, briefly see what looks like one in the in the far off flying off when um, you know, the yeah the aviary aviary. I don't know why I can't say that word today. Aviary opens up. But um, I don't think we do. I think it's just Tyranodon. And they uh, definitely served a big plot point in season one. They, you know, we we saw them escape. It was awesome to see that scene. Uh, And although it's not mentioned, I don't think you can tell. At least Kenji recognizes that. Oh, no. Masrani was just killed. Um you know so it's that was kind of a nice thing it's not nice it's not nice that Masrani died um, I have man I'm terrible at phrasing things today it was nice to see them add that bit of important plot into the show uh, and I loved seeing it from a different perspective and they were kind of close to where all that action was happening so that, that was really cool to see too we know exactly where we are in the movie. Physically and timeline-wise. So that, that was really neat. So we see them escape. We see them, you know, flying. And they're not all that much of a threat at this point. And it's not until it's nighttime and the kids are on the monorail. And for the most part, they're just being complete pains to the kids. And the kids are doing everything possible to turn off all the lights, thanks to Darius's knowledge of everything. He's, he's able to come up with a plan and as soon as they think they're okay, um, yeah, Ben gets taken. And that was hard to watch. You know, you as an adult watching with a kid, um, you don't necessarily think for any second that... They're killing one of these kids and then you know after you see what happened that you know first there was the scare where you know you thought he was going to and then you thought okay he's going to be okay and then when it really happens like i i was honestly thinking they did that like, how are they going to explain this to a group of children watching this show? Are, are they going to leave it to us to explain to our kids, you know, what had happened? And then at the very, very, very end, you know, um, we see him twitch a little bit and we see Bumpy and it's, it's all good. It lets us know, like, hey, he's OK. He's, he's still alive. Maybe. Barely. Um, which... You know, was to be expected. We, we didn't really think they were going to kill a kid in this show. Um, I don't think any of us thought they were really going to kill a kid in the show. Um, I think we later, you know, come to find out they're not allowed to. I, I think that may be the, the wrong wording. Um, but I'm I'm fairly certain I read somewhere or listened to an interview where, you know, they can't kill the kids. Um, which makes sense for a kid's show. But... It, it was scary, you know, and my perspective of it is it makes the pteranodons the scariest of the animals we saw in the show because from our eyes and the the kids' eyes, it took a kid like we never see him again. And it goes episodes into the next season before we see him again. And all of the other campers just assume he's dead and people you know make comments and they get sad and they think about him you know and get sad and and kenji's wearing his uh fanny pack his dork pouch as he calls it you know it's the the pteranodons aren't in the season a lot but in the little bit they're in they play a huge role in the story because yeah you have the story of ben getting taken but What happens to Ben after that, I think, is one of the biggest and most important parts of the entire show. And without him getting taken by the Pteranodon, we probably never see that growth and development of Ben because he's not going to have the independence and he's not necessarily going to overcome his fears and become you know, the person he becomes in that time away from everybody else. And especially that time where he's by himself after Bumpy leaves, you know, if, if he never gets taken by the Tyranodons, if he never falls off that monorail, he may just hide behind the other five the entire time. And I'm not saying the kids enable, you know, his fears and his behavior, but they understand who he is and kids, you know, that age. Are just gonna you know go with the flow and be like hey just keep up you know don't get us killed kind of thing uh so yeah yeah i think the season one pteranodons are one of the most significant dinosaur pterosaur um you know scenes and creatures in the entire series it's you know weird to think about maybe a lot of you don't feel the same way um maybe never even thought of it like that but for minimal minimal screen time they may have had the biggest impact on character development um at least so far you know all of the big <laughs> carnivores had a, a major impact on yaz as we find out in season four but i think you know the Tyrannodons taking ben um is a huge game changer for the entire rest of the series because without Ben's transformation, not only is he a very, very different person, but a lot of the other, you know, events of the following seasons may not play out the way they do. You know, it's awesome to think about and we can definitely talk more about that if we go into Ben, because Ben is so fascinating as a character Uh, especially as a I I don't remember specifically if he's 13 or if he's 14 he's he's somewhere around there but you know someone that age um, you know and I get it all the kids act a little older than they really are or they're supposed to be Um, it it makes sense from a a writing perspective but you know Ben is (laughs) Ben's a story in and of itself so uh, we'll definitely talk about him some other time but you know like i said the the pteranodons were were an interesting one and a cool one and honestly i appreciate what the pteranodons bring to the entire series more after watching four seasons Um, particularly those monorail pteranodons Um, they've got some really cool scenes in following seasons but you know, after seeing everything happen over the next six months in the show, uh, it just, it makes that monorail scene, um, you know, feel different. It it makes it more important. It makes me appreciate it a lot more, you know? And I, like I said, I'm not sure if you guys feel the same way. Um, I doubt kids pick up on that. You know, it's, it's, ooh, flying dinosaurs, and most of them probably call them pterodactyls, you know, a- attacking the train. Cool. You know, that's, that's probably what it is for, for most kids. But, you know, it was, it was cool for the importance of everything going forward. At the time, I was like, this sucks because they just took a kid and killed him. You know, it was, yeah, that, that's kind of how I was feeling and you know and and i know it's a jurassic park and jurassic world thing making the pteranodon seem like super aggressive towards people and they have teeth and you know there's stuff like that I, i i get that it's continuity in the franchise as a whole but after learning a lot more about you know pteranodons and stuff with my son um that kind of bothered me just <laughs> you know the, the way they they work towards people but um I, I got that out of my head really quick you know realizing that's that's just what they are in the jurassic franchise and you know i'm fine with it um i think that was the last i'm gonna go down my list and if i missed any um you know i'll bring them up let's see ankylosaurus Brachiosaurus, Carnotaurus, compies indominus mosaurus parasaurolophus raptors sinoceratops Pteranodon. All right, I went down my whole list. If I missed anything from season one, leave a comment. That's my fingers off screen. Leave a comment down below on YouTube. If you're listening to the audio podcast, uh, go to YouTube, leave me a comment, or find me on Twitter, personal Twitter, at Cretaceous underscore Dave, or the podcast slash brand Twitter, at MediaCretaceous. If you don't know where to find us on YouTube, it's at, not at, because I don't think there's an app, it's Cretaceous Media is where you can find us and you can find the video version of all the podcast episodes, as well as my 12 days of Camp Cretaceous from back in December and a couple of not necessarily Camp Cretaceous related videos, but um, some things about myself and my journey over the last year and two years. Uh, if you haven't had a chance to check those out and if you have a lot of time to kill if you want to learn a little bit more about me, go check them out to everybody that uh, does comment or talk to me personally about those things. Uh, thank you. I, I appreciate you. Um, I love your kind words. And uh, you all are the reason I keep on doing this. I, I love it. It's it's great. And I'm not going to go into that because this was an episode just about the dinosaurs and other Extinct, prehistoric animals in season one of Camp Cretaceous. Uh, I hope you guys thought this was a fun idea for an episode. If you want me to break down the other seasons, uh, definitely going to do it. Actually, even if you don't want me to do it, I'm probably going to do it <laughs> since uh, it's something I had planned all along. Unless you all really hate it, then, then I won't. Uh, if you have any other episode ideas for the next couple of weeks, please let me know. I'll see if I can sneak another one or two in so I have stuff pre-recorded just in case I'm away longer than I thought and don't have access to a room somewhere quiet something to record anything like that Um, for now that's it in something not Camp Cretaceous related at all but definitely definitely Jurassic related Uh, today is Wednesday March 16th and since it's the third Wednesday of the month That means a new episode of Beyond the Gates uh, became available today. For those unfamiliar, Beyond the Gates is a partnership between Jurassic World, Target, and Jurassic Outpost. And Jurassic Outpost does this amazing job of making these little videos about a new exclusive Mattel toy that Target will be selling in the U.S. Other countries have their own retailers for them. And this month's was amazing it is lex and tim with a raptor and a kitchen set from jurassic park legacy collection it looks so beautiful the kids even have dirty clothes and dirt on their skin and stuff they look great and for the first time in 29 years lex finally has a toy Uh, fans have been clamoring forever for a lex toy now they finally have one So it's great. And I feel so bad for the guys over at Outpost that images of the toy leaked like two days ago. Huge bummer that took some of the excitement away. Um, I still went and I watched the video and as always, they did a fantastic job. Um, You know, great job to everybody involved over there. It is such a cool episode. And one awesome bit of information that Chris dropped at the very end of the episode that he teased us with on April 28th at Universal Studios in Hollywood, California. We're going to have some fantastic fan event called Generation Jurassic. (laughs) He gave us no more information on it other than the date and where it's happening. And we should all just keep our eyes tuned and locked in on Jurassic Outpost for more details. I can't wait to find out what this is. I was already scheduled to be like 30 miles outside of Hollywood um, on May 1st. Uh, My wife's going to be out there on April 26th. So now I'm changing my flight. I'm going out early because I absolutely can't miss this. And I hope that I get the chance to meet some of you all out there in person. Um, I mentioned on Twitter this morning, I'm more excited about the possibility of meeting some of you face-to-face uh you know putting a a real face to a name and saying hi and uh, honestly to say thank you to each and any one of you that you know i may get the opportunity to see um there so if you have you know the means um hopefully i get to see you there you know actually hopefully i can (laughs) rearrange my schedule that i can get there i will be so disappointed if i get there like three days after this thing happens but Anyway, if you've missed that, go check out Beyond the Gates. Uh, I think Jurassic Outpost and Jurassic World probably both have it up on their YouTube channels by now. If not, in the Target app and on tar- Target.com, you can definitely watch it. It's really cool. Take a look at that new set. Pre-order it if you haven't already. I'm not sure if it's sold out. A lot of these sell out within a couple of hours. Um, but yeah. Generation Jurassic. Looking forward to it so much. It's I, I could be wrong. You know, I know nothing about it. It sounds like a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. So I'm going to do everything, anything I can to get there. But anyway, that wraps up this episode of the Cretaceous Campcast. Thank you so much, everyone, for watching and or listening. Again, I'm Cretaceous Dave. You could find me on Twitter at Cretaceous underscore Dave and find Cretaceous Media on YouTube at MediaCretaceous on Twitter. And until next time, guys, thank you so much. Stay safe, stay Jurassic, and enjoy the rest of your week. So long.